Hello and welcome to the Gear of the Week show. In this episode, we have got a smorgasbord of new releases from Titleist in the new Pro V1 and Pro V1X, uh, Wilson Dino Power Woods, Mizuno Metal Woods, and we're going to chat about the Cobra King tech range as well. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Neil Tappin, but for the very first time, Golf Monthly staff writer Sam Diath. Sam, hello. How are you? Say hello to everybody. I'm good. Good. How are you? Yeah, living the dream, mate, living the dream. Um, so you joined Golf Monthly back in December. You've been diligently testing for us over the winter. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the uh, viewers and listeners? Um, and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about what you've enjoyed testing so far. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, yep, joined Golf Monthly back in December as a staff writer. So I have played professionally over the last three years. I've worked in the golf industry for 12 plus years now. So I would say kind of my equipment knowledge is extensive and um yeah i'd say i'm a bit of a golf nerd anyway um in terms of my equipment i love my equipment and yeah i'm mainly looking after fairway woods and hybrids and um so yeah i've been lucky enough to be testing all those over the winter and uh seen all the new releases what's your handicap that's what was my next question just 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 gas yourself up sam come on tell everybody no i i don't have an official handicap yet i'm waiting for reinstatement if we were, if we were to play in a comp if we were to play in a friendly match what 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 would you be claiming still on the first tee um well i try and get away with scratch as a professional golfer <laughs> should always be scratch right so um but no when i play with my friends it's it it ranges anywhere between kind of plus two and plus six depending on how well i'm playing at the time <laughs> yeah no, that's yeah not, that's not that's too low too low. Sam's a good golfer, everybody. I think that's what we're trying to get across here. And he's the perfect man uh, to be testing mostly fairies and hybrids for us, but you have had a hit at some of the drivers as well. Um, yeah. Just quickly before we get stuck into this episode, obviously now we've had most of the major releases come out, you know, Ping, Cobra, TaylorMade, Titleist came out. Am I missing one? The Callaway, of course. Um, what have you been, what have been your impressions so far, Sam? What have you enjoyed testing? Um, all of it's really impressed me this year, actually. Mm. Um, I've always been one that's once I've found a fairway, I'm very much stuck with that fairway. I don't like changing a whole lot, but this year has really put um, a few thoughts in my mind about changing out my equipment for this coming year. Uh, there's a few that have particularly impressed me. Uh, the Callaway, uh, the Paradigm Triple Diamond for me. I spin the ball quite a bit. I launch it quite high. So something that just keeps it a bit lower, a bit more stable through the wind. Um, that's ideal for me. So yeah, the triple diamond, but then just in terms of overall feel, overall feel and performance, um, yeah, the ping G430. Um, yeah, I think ticks kind of all the boxes in terms of aesthetics as well as performance. So I'm looking forward to kind of trying that one out a bit more um, and seeing, seeing what I can get out of that, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the golf courses defrosting here in the UK or not being so wet so I can actually get out and play with some of this new equipment we're talking about. Um, and we've got some metal woods I know you quite enjoyed. Uh, the Mizuno we're going to chat about a little bit later in this episode. Uh, Neil Tappin, hello. I haven't said hello to you yet. How are you? Um, going to have I'm, a quiz question in a minute, I think. I'm well. Shall I get straight into the quiz question? Let's crack on with it. it. Um, I look forward to the most of this podcast. Same. Okay, I like uh, catching you out, Dan, which is a fairly regular occurrence. Yeah, Sam, good luck with this. I'm notoriously bad at these, so yeah, I'm nervous. Start with a winning record. Yeah. Well, you're both a little bit younger than I am, so I guess there's a mitigating factor if you don't get the answer for this. <laughs> but cast your minds back a few years and tell me, if you can, what was the first 
there are two answers to this question, but I'll only, I, I can take either of them or both of them. What was the okay. first white driver from TaylorMade? Oh, that's a great question, Neil. There were two drivers at the same time that were white, so I'll take. Oh, white. I know. I know. I think I know the answer. That, that, that's a little clue, yeah. I think. I do, but I'm not sure if we're counting it or not. Same. Okay, I'm going to come out and say definitely it might not be the first but it was early on it's the rocket balls range is that too late okay so i think it's the r1 but it kind of had the orange and silver or black kind of highlighting on the back of it but i don't know if that's classed as an all-white driver but it definitely had a white crown did did r11 come out before rocket balls because i'm now remembering r11 all of a sudden so maybe i want to say r11 <laughs> i'm gonna lock in rocket balls though and go in my gut <laughs> and as, as is so often the case oh, your gut's been wrong <laughs> horribly horribly wrong for me no, you, you should have gone r11 it was r11 and it was burner super fast um oh, yeah. launched at the beginning of 2011 so 12 years ago now um and you know a big change in the world of golf wasn't it i remember when i i, I was introduced to it for the first time by the guys from taylor made saying we've got this coming and we're making it white and thinking to myself i can't believe they're going to do that <laughs> and they did and it was incredibly popular i think was that the equivalent of like how stealth had the red face back in 2011 was everyone like oh my god white top of drive yeah. is that the sort of 10 year you know equivalent yeah. of i had that r11 as well i had the r11 i remember S, the, the junior white head cover with the heart on it do you know yes, what it was, a, it was a similar thing dan when they did the rbz the rocket balls woods it was a similar reaction in terms of i can't believe they're going to call it rocket balls but they did oh, was it? it was very popular it was a good really good product really interesting thing on names we're getting off topic here slightly but i was watching uh the rick shields podcast another excellent golf podcast and he was sort of saying how initially whenever you hear the name of a new golf club come out it sounds ridiculous but then it just becomes part of the lexicon doesn't it paradigm is a clear example of that to me ridiculous when i first heard it now it's just part of you know the golf equipment world isn't oh, it was that know, the same I'm rocket balls i quite liked paradigm and i liked stealth when i heard i did like stealth i've I heard like stealth. i've heard more out there um ridiculous names in the past i'd say those two i thought were pretty strong um yeah rocket balls would have been crazy this uh again on the rickshaws podcast they said juggernaut was a potential tailor-made name they thought uh that sort of maybe got canned I'm not sure about Juggernaut. Um, okay, so another incorrect quiz question for me. Thank you, Neil. Um, and Lucky Sam as well, but you're not as bad harder. as I am. Yeah, you obviously yeah. didn't. You're, the revision we talked about over the Christmas period, Dan, you obviously didn't take yeah, that very seriously. I, maybe I was drinking and eating too much tapas as opposed <laughs> to, you know, doing my golf club history work. Um, you know, maybe this is the year. Okay, should we crack on with some new equipment, chaps? Because we've been Let's. chatting uh, a lot here. Let's go into Titleist. Now, new Pro V1 and Pro V1X uh, have been launched last week um they'll be available in february i believe i know that they've been playing it on the tour for a little while um tappers new iterations come with a pro v1 every two years it's tricky with the golf ball i think to to really sort of tell people what's new and exciting about it because it's still white or, or yellow and it's still round with dimples on um what is new and exciting about pro v1 and pro v1x and and another interesting with golf balls is you can't buy the old one it's just going to become the new one anyway um, so what are people going to see from this different or feel from it different uh, from your testing? Yeah, uh, very good points. And um, such an important launch, actually, when you think about the number of people that play both of these products. Um, 
in terms of what's new, so Titleist have introduced a new core into both the Pro 1 and Pro 1X. Uh, it's called a high density core construction, which basically means that it gets it's firmer around the outside and then gets progressively softer towards the middle. Titleist say this should help reduce spin in the long game, add a little bit of ball speed. I know they've also made some tweaks to their manufacturing process to help improve the overall consistency of the product. Those would be the kind of the key technological advancements. And as always with a golf ball, you make one change in one area and it affects the performance of the golf ball as a whole. So the, the way in which all of those layers interact with each other um, becomes slightly different. Um, what I would say is, and it's difficult with these two products because the people that are currently using them will, will want the same performance characteristics that they've currently got. So you'll still want a slightly lower spinning performance if you're already in a Pro V1. You'll want that higher launch, higher flight if you're already in a Pro V1X. So making changes without drastically altering the DNA of the product is the challenge the Titleist engineers have every year. I think they've done a really good job because in my testing, I thought that with Pro V1X, I noticed a, a bit of a, a bump in ball speed. As you said, Dan, it's hard to test because variations in strike can affect the numbers, but certainly, and this is why it's so important to test golf equipment while you're out on the golf course. I tested the Pro V1X down at Prince's just before Christmas. We had a, a golf monthly event where we all played and I thought the performance on a very cold, windy day very, very cold, very cold. <laughs> yeah very cold it was i thought the performance in the long game was superb those were the two areas so i think it was strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained from the fairway were my two best uh categories for looking at my arcos data from that round of golf given that i had a new golf ball into play in play and i hadn't played golf for a while before that and the conditions i was impressed by the performance um, with the Pro V1, I just thought that I was getting a bit more performance with the mid iron, so I was getting a little bit more of a, yeah. um, more distance. But given that it's the lower spinning of the two balls, I think Titleist has done a good job to make sure that you still get good stopping power when you're hitting into the greens in the mid irons. Look, it, for me, it's not a, a drastic difference. I'm not expecting a drastic difference. It's one of the most popular, or probably well, one of the most popular yeah. equipment franchises in the history of the game. But I think they've done a good job of kind of moving it in in a in a better direction, whilst also leaving space in the range for the AVX for those really high spinning uh, players to to help them control their ball flight. Um, so yeah, I was impressed by what I saw, and um, I will certainly be putting the Promo One X straight into play. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? Um they've not actually changed you know the dimple pattern they've not changed the cover on it they've gone listen that was great in 2021 that was a big jump for them in 2021 left that the same changed that course slightly slightly lower spinning you might get a bit more distance your dispersion might come in a little bit and then yeah, robot the, testing suggests do, that do you know what i thought the consistency was very good too and that was yeah. something that really shone through when i looked at the pro v1 data which is how consistent the different shots mm -hmm. i i hit were in terms of the spin and the flight um I, really hard to quantify, but just that feeling that they've moved the product in a good in a good direction across the board. I thought, yeah, and I mean, if you're a Pro V1 user now or X user, you will love the new ball and you'll go into it anyway. That that's how it is. It might attract new people uh, into the ball. Who knows, Sam? Uh, are you a Pro V1 or, or X user? And um, I know you've hit some of the prototypes of this. How how did you find it out on course? Yeah, I have played Pro V1X for the last couple of years. Um, I kind of dabbled between the two. Um, yeah. I'm someone, you know, as much as I stay quite consistent with my 
uh like the longer clubs in my bag i like to change around putter i'm changing around frequently as well as golf ball i quite like trying a few different things um just all the different brand options especially with kind of when Mizuno um released their ball as well as uh bridgestone after kind of announcing tiger and bryson i was interested to try that torby x ball um just to see if it offered me anything different than what i'm used to and and like we said earlier the titles pro v1 and pro v1x have been one of the biggest um, golf ball franchises for a long time now. And and that's a golf ball that I've always stuck with, knowing that it offered um, true performance. So, yeah, I've tested the prototype very briefly um, due to obviously the weather in the UK um, over the last couple of weeks. It hasn't been ideal. Um, but, yeah, I saw – I can't say I saw masses of difference. Um, granted, I haven't tested it on launch monitor, so my numbers may – have differed slightly but um as far as it goes from um testing it on the course in terms of feel as well as what ball flight i was seeing it it was very similar to um previous year's models yeah yeah and and when i, when I spoke with Titus, they sort of say the same thing and that but they're proud of that i think they're proud that the performance is the same but as you said tappers just moving on slightly uh so they're available from february uh in all your normal colors and, and dozens etc um exciting new golf we'll talk about okay so let's talk about wilson's newest launch um their carbon driver the dyna power um I- i've not had it in hand or hit it yet but tappers i know you've had a hit of it uh joel's full review will be in the description below if you go and read but what are your initial what are your thoughts on it tappers i'm really interested to know because it's a it's a big step for wilson feels like they're trying to trying to get there with the the big boys now as it were very appealing thought it was really good i thought it had a a nice mix of of looking expensive which we mm. all like we want our stuff oh, yeah absolutely expensive. i thought it had it was an it had a sort of an aspirational look about it that immediately i thought okay that's nice and then i hit it and i thought it was very playable now i've only hit it the once on the launch monitor but i did hit it up against a lot of the other drivers that have been launched so far this year and the performance was comparable i'd say that if anything it probably spun for me, a fraction more than some of the other, some of the models that were bang right in my sort of wheelhouse of what I would want to use. But that's not to say that with a fitting, I wouldn't be able to get that spin down a fraction. What I would say is that if you've got a driver, like for me, it was spinning up a fraction, not too much, not too much at all. And that, I think, makes it quite playable. I was getting good yeah. distance. I, was, I think my average carry with it was 282. So if I had that out on the golf course, I would be delighted. So initial thoughts of it uh, of the wilson dyna power are very good actually uh, yeah. both in terms of the looks and the way in which it it, it performed in that initial test i think joel's joel's review is saying pretty similar um you know for me it's just a driver that i think people should, should try and not write off immediately uh looks don't actually do it for me from the soul anyway uh but who sees the driver from the soul so who cares do love the crown um and you know I think it can compete this year. I think it can. They've brought adjustability back, which I think is quite important as well. Uh, Sam, I know you haven't hit this, but you were there when Tapas was hitting it. You've seen it in hand. Uh, general thoughts on the Dynapower? Yeah, I think um, from the crown and from the looks at address, it looks very modern, very sleek, very much on brand with uh, what companies are trying to produce over the last couple of years. Uh, in terms of sound, like I said, I haven't hit it, but it sounded really good um, when hit inside. Um, provided that kind of thud that you'd look for out of a powerful sounding driver. Um, I think for me, that 
kind of epitomizes almost a premium driver, which it shouldn't probably be the case. But when something sounds a bit more tinny, it doesn't, to me, sound as premium. And so that thud that's kind of been synonymous with TaylorMade over the years and, and Callaway have gone into that. And now Ping have obviously toned down their sound on their driver. Um, yeah, that powerful sound is is the thing that I definitely noticed out of the DynaPower driver. Nice one. So forgiving, still long, nice sound. Um, I think things looking good for Wilson if they want to sort of compete with the big boys here. And uh, 420 pounds RRP, that's coming in, you know, next to the Cobra Aerojet and well below uh, Callaway and Ping. So um, something I think golfers should go and try if they're looking for a new driver. You get it in your hand, see how it feels. Don't write it off too early because it's not one of the bigger names. I think simple, uh, simple as that. Uh, okay, let's move on to Mizuno, uh, new SD230 Metalwoods. I want to come to you firstly on this, Sam, because we were chatting about this before we started recording uh, today. And to you, these are some of the best looking fairway woods this year, if not you've ever put in your hand. Is that is that too bold to say? No, definitely this year. Um, out of all the all the brands releasing uh, product in the last couple of weeks, this was the one that, um, yeah, I peeled off the head cover, put it down and and really liked it. It's mm. um, I, I've always been one for more classic looks. And so the black gloss crown with the carbon at the back frames the ball really well looks really inviting to hit and um yeah that it just overall looks really good um when i hit it inside it probably launched and spun a little more than i'd look for in a fairway wood um like i said previously i like something that kind of stays a bit lower a bit less spinning and more stable but um that's not to say that without a custom fitting or putting my own personal kind of upcharge shaft in there I wouldn't get the performance that um, I would look for out of a fairway wood. So really impressed with it. Looks good um, and fit and feels great as well. Do you think, obviously, you know, we spoke about how your handicap and your ability to strike the ball, um, you probably put a different shaft in there. Forgiveness wise, you know, this is a hard club for, for a lot of golfers to get right higher up the handicap spectrum. Um, what was it like, you know, turf interaction wise? Can you see this going in a range of golfers bags? Yeah. So I'm actually glad you brought up the forgiveness side of things here. So, this was, in fact, probably the most forgiving fairway wood that I've tested over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think, if I can remember rightly from my data, I hit five shots with it, and the furthest away was 5.8 yards left offline. You and so that. if that's the furthest left I'm ever going to hit a golf <laughs> ball, then sign me up now because, uh, yeah, I will put that in play. Um, but, yeah, in, in terms of what they've done technology wise so they've um integrated this new technology cortex chamber um which uh let me see if i can grab it here for you aha um, so this Wonderful. blue channel here encases a stainless steel weight meaning they've pushed the center of gravity forward and lower um which ultimately produces launch with slightly lower spin and it's super forgiving on off center hits you know, the fact they've in, uh, put this carbon crown on the top as well has also lowered cent center of gravity. Yeah. Also producing more forgiveness, which, yeah, definitely ran true when testing. Brilliant. Well, sounds like an excellent fairway wood. And I've not seen it in person yet. Would have, would have uh, flashed some images up for those watching on YouTube. It looks fantastic, doesn't it? And that Mizuno blue is such a great shade of blue. I don't know what the exact Pantone is, but they've nailed that. Mizuno blue is class. Um, so I think one for a lot of golfers there to look at, that Mizuno fairway wood. Um Neil, the drivers, um, thoughts, feelings? Uh, are you as glowing as Sam is about the fairway woods? 
uh, it's a similar story but let me ask you a quick question what do you think of the head cover yeah all about it i love that kind oh. of like i just said that pantone mizuno blue is mm. it last year that i think they had a sort of black and gray head cover this one is it's sort of classic mizuno i really like that anyway you know you've got a mizuno a driver cover. in the bag then do you know what i mean <laughs> they're shouting about them being mizuno i like it yeah it's more about what's underneath there actually definitely yeah. this, you've got two versions so you've got a Z which is the so there's the Z and the X the X version is draw biased they both yeah. sit square down behind the ball so the draw bias version sits nice and square a bit like the the ping G430 SFT driver it's not a club that that is offset or is towed in and makes you feel like you're going to hit it left if you are prone to hitting the odd one left which I quite I, I really liked and in my data that X version did deliver on that promise of, of delivering the draw bias flight. However, if I was picking between the two, it would be the straighter Z version, which I really liked. So liked it from a kind of consistency standpoint from the moment I hit it. And Sam said, so classic. I mean, this is what exactly what Mizuno should be doing. They should be producing golf clubs that are really sharp, really classic. This fits the bill, but so did last year's and so did the generator before that this is very much the evolution the, the look in, in terms of i think we've got the older generation behind me. I can't. you do have an that. absolute wealth of golf clubs behind you it must be one in there somewhere there yes you go. This is like one generation next to the other generation so for those people who are able to see this i'm not sure you i can. mean it's i couldn't very I, yeah the big very difference similar. is that the crowd from the crown view is the um is the white alignment logo on the top so if i had one criticism it would be that it's quite hard to tell the difference actually <laughs> one generation and the next having said that i do love what they've done with the soul um and i i just think it's a, it's a really good product but as i said before it was a great product last year people who've seen any videos that i've produced around golf drivers will know how much i've liked mizuno drivers over yeah. the last few years um i just haven't seen as many as i would have thought given how good it is out on the golf course and price-wise, tappers, I think is you know it's an important thing to, to consider when we talk about new drivers, just to place it in 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 the space with its competitors. Where's this one coming in? Comes in at four nine nine. Okay. So a little bit less than your Callaways, your Pings, but not too much less, and above where uh, Cobra sits. I think it sits alongside um, Strixon. Um, yeah, alongside so get... Strixon, and then alongside Stealth Plus. I'm getting all my RRPs mixed up to be honest. Now there've been so many launches, yeah, but right, it's yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Mizuno's somewhere in the middle, we'll say. Uh, but I think importantly with the Fairwood, with the driver, and we spoke about Dyna Power, two brands that probably get lost in the marketing, you know, bomb as it were, from some of the other brands. And something that if you are in the market for a new Fairwood, new driver, get it in your hand. If you don't like it, it's fine. But I think you know, give it the time of day. I have one last thing to say, Dan, if you'll allow me. Oh, please. Of all, I think of all the clubs I've, all the drivers I've tested this year, this is the range where I would advise people to go for a good custom fitting because the Z and the X, um, the, the X version is actually a little bit more compact down behind the ball than the Z version, which you're not expecting to see from the draw biased version. So it's a little bit different. It's different in terms of looks. I also spun the X version a little bit less than I did the Z version, which is not what. Um, Strange. I, uh, yeah, exactly. Not what I was expecting. I think it's just down to the way in which you deliver the club to the ball. So the good thing is they both look great. So you're going to go in. Uh, you you should be going in with a completely open mind because they both look yeah. fantastic down behind the ball. Um, 
And I think that fitting process will help you identify which one's right for you. Going in with a preconceived idea of that's the one for me or that's the one for me, you might find that you end up surprised that you're actually in the other one. Good point, I think, Tappers, generally with fitting as well. And we've seen a lot of drivers this year you know, that have two or three heads in them perform either really similarly in the case of maybe Aerojet or quite differently by the sound of it than you might expect in the case of the Mizuno. So, yeah, go open-minded. If you're a high handicapper, don't think you're automatically going to be the max or the draw version, for example, I think is a good point. Okay, good stuff. That's Mizuno ST230. Final uh, bit of new gear we need to talk about for the end of this episode is Cobra King. Now, th this King franchise is their better player franchise, you know, faster swing speed, lower handicap. We've had Aerojet, which I think we really enjoyed. Uh, we'll get Joel on in a couple of weeks to talk about the King Irons because I think these could be a huge hit this year. But we're going to chat about the hybrid and the utility iron today. We've all tested it. Sam, I'm going to come to you first because I know you really liked it. The King Tech hybrid, it's one of the best hybrids I've ever seen. It really is. I think it's awesome. We'll flash pictures up now. Matte black that sort of fades out slightly toward the back. Dark face. I think it's awesome. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of performance, it was honestly probably hands down the best hybrid I tested. That's not to say that it would go straight in my bag. However, I'm the same. I'm the same. It, Carry on, but I, just, I totally agree. Yeah, and I mean, when I look for a hybrid, I'm looking for a long iron replacement. Normally, for me, it's a three or a two iron replacement, so it has to go with a certain distance anyway just to gap my um between my irons and my fairway woods the problem i had with the king tech hybrid is that it just went too far yeah, which is a great end. problem to have for most <laughs> people you know but honestly it just didn't fit in my bag because mm -hmm. i was testing i believe it was the 19 degrees so the three iron replacement um but it was carrying up there with some of the three woods that i tested this year um, I think I got one out at 249 carry, which for me is just ridiculous. I went that far. So yeah, I can imagine it's, it's a bit of a gapping nightmare. Yeah, it's just too far, too close to my fluid. However, it is adjustable. You yeah. can loft up to make it fit in your bag. But for yeah, for those looking for distance and forgiveness, honestly, it's it's really hard to beat this year. Yeah, and so adjustable with the MiFi hosel, I think there's two to five hybrid, I'm going to say. So 17 degrees to 25, 24. So you can find a gap for it. It's got that adjustable weight system at the bottom as well. Again, for the better ball striker, you might want a bit of fade bias. You can stick a heavier weight in the toe. It's got a lot going for it. Um, Tappers, you've hit this as well. My only qualm with it, and this is why I think it, it was still forgiving, I found. It's quite hard to frame the ball, I find. I think for the higher handicap, who wants a confidence-inspiring hybrid, the all-black head with no real white lines on the face and a heavier head might deter them slightly, um, would be my my opinion. Neil, what were your thoughts on it? I was going to say that I think it's the best-looking hybrid that I've seen this year. Easily. I think that Easily. black and grey combo oh. just looks super cool. It's so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> We all want stuff in our bag that's going to look <laughs> premium and expensive, and this is right up there. I also really like the shape and the profile. I, I've got a Titleist, um, it's an older Titleist TS3 hybrid in my bag. But if I was, and if I was thinking, and I like it, and if, but if I was thinking about changing this year, I'd definitely test that, that Cobra. Because having, having hit it, I know that I already like it. So I'd probably try and come up with a shortlist, and that would be on it. Yeah, I think. definitely. Um, I do I do sort of miss the 
I don't think it maybe wouldn't suit this one. I do miss the rails they used to put on the bottom of their hybrids that would just help with turf interaction a little bit. But maybe that wouldn't really suit this one. Um, I mean, a great club. We all love how it looks. Again, go and get it in your hand to see. I think there's space in it for a higher handicap, mid to higher handicapper. I would probably just put you in the Aerojet hybrid if you want a Cobra one or any other of the, the sort of more forgiving ones. Um, but I think if you look for distance, it's a great it's a great club. We all really liked it. I, I tested the utility iron. I, I liked it. They've got rid of adjustability on it. And I want to ask you chaps what you think about that. The previous King Tech utility had adjustability. We've seen the eye crossover from Ping come this year with adjustability. Sam, I think it's really important to have adjustability on an iron like this. To your point earlier, that it needs to fit in the bag correctly. Um, there's still lots of options. I think there's four different options of loft, but when a club's been launched with adjustability and you see one get it taken away, do you think people are going to miss that in this sort of iron? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think having that adjustability just gives you the freedom and the option to be able to either tune a certain ball flight or fight mm -hmm. against a certain ball flight as well. Um, but exactly like I said in the hybrid, for the most part, utility irons don't go too far. That's not normally what they're you know, known for. Um, it's normally the better player looking for a long iron shape, um, but with the forgiveness of, for example, like a hybrid or a metal wood. But um, yeah, I think the adjustability will be a miss um, for those basically just looking to fit it perfectly in their bag, replacing the iron that they're, the long iron that they're looking to replace it with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think Tappers, with the ping eye crossover, they've hidden that adjustability really well. Um, so, you know, it doesn't look all chunky and clunky on the hosel. Um, the Cobra looks better for removing the adjustability, I think, personally, because you haven't got that in there. But, you know, the ability to adjust loft and lie could be something people miss. But you've got two options if you do want it and you don't want it, I guess. I would always just advise people, this is one of the clubs that I think, or areas of the bag where you bet most benefit from a fitting. Actually, yeah, definitely. We, the, the argument has been made and won around irons and drivers. I think a lot of people, most people, a lot of people will get fitted for both of those. But that gapping element in that area of the bag, and more than just gapping, just having stuff that you feel confident using, you don't have the, the fear of when looking down behind the ball <laughs> at what you're looking at. You feel like you can get it up and away, and it hits the right distance gap. Therefore, if you are going to get fitted, then the need for adjustability in the actual product that you end up putting in your bag strikes me as being less important. When it, I'm not trying to take a different stance to, 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 to both of you, but I wouldn't be choosing Ping or Cobra. I know it's not in the Cobra anymore, but I wouldn't be choosing either of those because of the adjustability, because I would probably get fitted. But I appreciate that with a one-off club, the temptation to just pick it up off the shelf and buy it is greater. It's a very fair point, I think, because ultimately we've all got adjustable drivers. I don't touch it. I got fitted for it and that's how I like to hit it. So maybe I think there's arguments either way for this, um, but a really good utility. Again, um, I tend to strike it quite low out of the face, really nice out low out of the face. Doesn't ruin the shot either way. So I think this can be a club. I sort of described it in my review as like a, a gateway utility iron if you're a slightly higher handicap who wants one, maybe. I don't know. You know what I mean? You can, you can gently easy way into what it's quite a tricky club to hit i think um so go and test it out uh that will about wrap it up i think that is all the new equipment for this week still plenty more to come over the next few weeks putters golf balls now the drivers are pretty much out of the way a lot to look at if you want to uh read any of our reviews any of the products spoken about today in more depth the links to them will be in the description of however you're watching or listening to this 
Uh, but for now, I think that's about it. Neil Tappen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sam, great debut, mate. Pleasure to have you on and we'll see you again very soon. Yep, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And thank you very much for watching and listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.